0: today's podcast, The Good Report. We have with us Shauna and Charity. And today we will be talking about loving your neighbor and what that really looks like, what that means, and how it's an eternal principle. And so to get us started, Shauna, what does it mean to you to love your neighbor?
1: What does that look like? You know, it's funny you would ask that. I always envision the neighbor next door bringing a plate of cookies when you first moved in hey, welcome to our neighborhood, I'm so-and-so, and I felt a couple years ago like we weren't seeing a lot of that, that everyone kind of stayed in their houses. I felt isolated, and we moved into a condo a while ago, and everyone moved in at the same time, and I started seeing more of it. People were reaching out, they were talking, they are all in the same situation, same place, same time, and so when we moved again, James and I said, that's what we want, we're going to do this, and so we reached out, and as people moved in, we'd be the nosy neighbors, that's what we called ourselves, and... We'd run over and, hi, you know, we live here, this is our names, who are you, are you buying this lot, what are you building, do you have kids, and just got to know them, and our kids got to play together, and it became family, it was really fun.
0: That is awesome, and your neighborhood's pretty tight-knit, and it's a new neighborhood,
1: right? That's true, it's only about four years old, and we all know each other by name, and our kids are allowed to go play in each other's houses. This is completely why this is your topic, because <laughs> for the majority of us, it's not that way. <laughs> I know, and I feel sad about that, so I feel really strongly, I, it's hard, like, I'm a shy person, it doesn't sound like it, but I am, and it's brutally hard for me to walk up to some person's house and knock on the door and say, hi, <laughs> but it's good, it's taught me a lot of stuff. That's incredible, I'm thinking,
0: our next door neighbors moved in last summer and it's really sad because before we had this fantastic couple that we loved we adored they were an older couple and they moved to a retirement area and this new family that moved in has just kind of closed out the neighborhood it's not their comfort zone and so everyone feels a little uncomfortable about going over but i think okay we could work on that we could at least start with that loaf of bread nine months late right at beginning is a beginning. Well, and it allows people to ask questions, right? hmm When my kids were little, they would play on the cul-de-sac. And that's when all the neighbors would come out with their kids. And it was so fun because that's when you talked about schools or local government or what was going on in the community. That's when you warned each other of what you saw or, hey, guess what? There's a bunch of break-ins. Or, hey, let's have a barbecue. But then as they got older, everybody kind of went their own way and does their own thing, and I mourn that time, and I think it can be changed. So what else do you do? You have neighborhood
1: picnics at your house. We do. We do have neighborhood picnics, and for a while, at least as new people were moving in, we'd even do them on purpose as people moved in so we can introduce. Oh, good idea. But something that's really hard for me, and it's a skill I'm learning, it's a skill, it's definitely what I'm learning. I'm not good at asking questions conversationally. So I've had to really sit and think to myself, okay, what would I ask them? I kind of have to run this conversation through my head. What are some questions that I want to know that they might ask me? What's appropriate to be asking, you know, to kind of get that conversation rolling? Because it's hard to do. Ooh, so part of being a good neighbor is asking good questions, not
0: just talking. About them talking first. Oh, that's excellent. That is an excellent piece of advice. What else is it to be a good neighbor?
1: Mm, we're going to hit lightly on this topic because I think it's a whole nother topic that's all its own for another day, but perspective and forgiveness. What do you mean? So sometimes you'll see things happen in your neighborhood and you see it through your own lenses, not knowing why that may be going on. I mean, it could be neighborhood kids fighting. It could be you never know what's going on. So I learned this quote from a neighbor. She said, I always try to be curious and kind. Mm -hmm. So instead of making the judgment about what's going on, she goes and asks a question. No heat, no emotion. Can you tell me more about? And get information to help widen her perspective. And then when things aren't going well, to be able to just step back and say, it's okay. I got to let this go because this is my family, this is my neighbors, these are my family.
0: Wow, hmm. that's a good piece of insight. So do you have any stories that relate
1: to anything about being a good neighbor? So we have a handful of kids and our darling little three-year-old son wanted to go out and play with the eight-year-old. It was a snowy-ish kind of day, like a slushy kind of day. So he puts on his snow clothes, and he goes outside, and after a while, I got to thinking, I haven't seen that little three-year-old in a while, and I couldn't find him anywhere. And so I went outside, and finally tracked down the eight-year-old, and I said, Well, where's where's Jake? Where's the three-year-old? Oh, Mom, he's around the block, three-year-old. He's around the block playing with so-and-so. Oh, dear. There's not one of our family members with him. He's just around the block, Mom. So I'm kind of tripping, but okay, you know, we know the neighbors. Good enough. Let's go. So we go get him. We pick him up. And he'd been playing delightfully with like another six-year-old somewhere having <laughs> fun. And I hauled him home and he was angry. And you have to imagine this three-year-old, he's 40 pounds. He's built like a tank. And he was mad. <laughs> he was going home and he didn't want to go home. He wanted to play outside. And so he's just angry. So I get home and I drop him off before I back in the car. And my husband's out there too. And instead of going towards my husband, he takes off down the middle of the street. And he's got this little plastic, you know, little plastic snow shovels? He's got it raised over his head. And he's (laughs) headed for a group of boys that are six, eight, and nine. And he's just yelling at the top of his lungs, Jake! i like, Jake, stop! Jake, come back home! And that's when we realize he's trying to hit them with the snow shovel. So for the first time in my life, I never imagined I'd use this line. It was, Jake! We don't hit people with no shovels! I'm entirely powerless to stop this situation. The kids thought it was hysterical. And they just, they're faster than him, so they got away, no problem. But I'm kind of mortified. And I'm waiting for the other people in the neighborhood to look out the window and see my three-year-old beating up their kid. Because he could, he could cause damage. And that's when I'm hoping that someone's going to look out and say, okay, she's trying. He's number five. (laughs) (laughs) Of six, kids. She's trying. (laughs) And he's three. Just put it all in perspective and see it as funny, which it was undoubtedly funny, instead of, oh, that jerk kid.
0: Exactly, part of being a good neighbor and a loving neighbor seeing it through the right lens. Please be forgiving!
1: (laughs) Because we're trying our
0: hardest.
1: Oh yes, exactly. Perfect. I know that the effort we made has been worth it. We had a couple of neighbors that weren't able to live in the neighborhood long and they moved away and I've been shocked to see how many people keep calling back and saying, I miss our neighborhood. It was such a great neighborhood. And realizing that that effort really meant something to other people. I mean, there's been situations where kids were playing too rough and it got crazy. Things got broke. I really had to think to myself, okay, this can be a, I really don't like those kids are never allowed back here moment, Mm because we all all have that moment, right? They're not my kids and I'm ticked. Absolutely. But I chose to look at it as a teaching moment. This is a moment that I can teach them about respect for plant life, for animals, for neighbors, for siblings, for houses, and teach them what is better for how they're acting in that environment. Oh, and you hit on something.
0: So when you have that opportunity to teach, you first have to have the opportunity to know the person, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're willing to learn. Because
1: you're teaching them instead of lecturing at them, right? You can't lecture.
0: Yes, it's got to be
1: a teaching moment, and that let me think of a good one. For example, I have a sloped back hill. It is the sledding hill for the neighborhood. In the summer, it just looks like a really great hill. So for a while, we had a lot of people riding their rollerblades and scooters down our back grass. Whoops! <laughs> and I can tell you, that the grass took some. Yeah, it needed some care after that. <laughs> So if I had to start explaining to the kids, I'd have to walk out and say, see all these lines, see how the grass is dying here. It's hard when we rollerblades, so we have to keep the rollerblades on the sidewalk. That's a better place for the rollerblades. But I know their name, and they know me, and they play at my house, and they like the Xbox. <laughs> and they're willing to listen and have that conversation, and they respect you. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that really hits back to the forgiveness and teaching and loving. I remember being a little kid. And my dad would walk next to, we had this huge husky, I think he was a Siberian husky, and he would pull my brother and I in the little red wagon, and we could go all throughout the neighborhood. And that is such a precious memory to me because I felt safe, I felt loved. We were in the middle of the country, and yet we knew all the neighbors around us, Mm -hmm. and I remember... Our next door neighbor was an elderly lady and we went and we did some kind of yard work for her, I don't know what, it was service, and she went and got those huge, you know, the ones, um, the suckers that are the size of your hand? Yes! And she gave them to us and I probably was six years old and I still have that memory of just that interaction. We had done something out of the goodness of our hearts, she had turned around and done something out of the goodness of her heart, and we were all edified. And it creates a really great bond. It did! It did! And so when we had some little puppies that I remember one of our dogs chewed through a 200-foot length of hose and put them into half-inch pieces, I imagine, and he liked to dig. (laughs) 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 My (laughs) dad trained him, but having the rapport with the neighbors already,
1: Made it. Yeah. Way better. Way better. (laughs) Way better. Okay. And so you're bringing up another point. This trust. This bond that we're building. It takes some time. There's going to be interactions back and forth. We had a situation where there was a dangerous situation. There was someone prowling around stealing. Ooh. And we didn't know what else could happen. There's 40 kids in our neighborhood. That's not funny. You're right. So we're all kind of on edge. It was interesting to watch, you know the neighborhood watch signs? Uh Uh-huh. We don't have one up, but bless the person who breaches (laughs) anything, because we're all watching. We know who each neighbor is. We know who is not one of the neighbors, and if you look suspicious, you're going to get it. Absolutely. And you know what? We took care of some problems. We didn't need a neighborhood watch sign. (laughs) We took care of problems, and honestly, it's kind of funny, but I think the police department was actually really (laughs) thankful. Oh, yeah, because they have (laughs) it up on their hands already. Yeah, if they can get that information and get it fast and how fast it's coming and take care of it. Absolutely. But we weren't relying on them. We were relying on each other to take care of the problem. And
0: that means the world. Exactly. It's relying on each other. At the last podcast, Brenda's husband, Paul, Mm -hmm. the fire department couldn't come in soon enough because they were fighting other fires. And so he said,
1: well... This is all that's left, therefore, we've got to get to work. Right? Let's get to work. We'll solve this problem ourselves. Yes. And with that trust and that bond, everyone brings skills to the table. We have a firefighter. We have teachers. We have people who know what to do with preschool-age kids. I am not that talented person who gets along with preschool kids. Right. But the backdoor neighbor, she does. Bless her heart. (laughs) She is a wealth of information. Which is perfect. It's perfect. And we can lean on each other and balance those skills and talents and... You know, when things happen, like, kid falls out the window, the firefighter across the street knows what to do. It's amazing. Exactly. Exact- it's how
0: communities should work. It's how they should work. And it starts right there. That's the grassroots level. It's going out from your family to your neighborhood. And asking
1: questions and finding out who they are.
0: Oh Yes, exactly. Good story from the Bible, you know, the one that has come back to me actually is just what the Savior said, which is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. They find it fascinating. Love thy neighbor as thyself. His first one is love me with all your heart, might, mind, and soul, right?
1: But then love your neighbor as yourself. That's pretty direct. You care about yourself. You should be caring about your neighbor just that much. Yes. It doesn't say isolate yourself. It doesn't say protect yourself from your neighbor. It doesn't say. Exactly. It Love them.
0: Which means we have to open our hearts, right? And have a connection and have a relationship. Again, when we have that, that's when we build that trust, that love. It's what builds humanity. Ooh.
1: Yes. Exactly. That's what keeps those links going and keeps us working together. You're so right.
0: That's what built the humanity for Benjamin Franklin. Mm -hmm. He loved his neighbors. He would spend his days working, but in the evenings he would spend that time with neighbors. And people came to love him so dearly as a statesman, but also as a human being. Because they knew they could come and talk to him anytime, and he would welcome them in. Mm -hmm. He wasn't above them. Exactly. Oh, that is beautiful. Same with Abraham Lincoln. How many times was
1: he tired and yet he would welcome people in? Welcome them in. George Washington went out to the troops in the worst of it in his own tattered coat. Exactly. Exactly.
0: What phenomenal memories and history we have that we can then live up to. And we need to propagate it. It's
1: got to go forward.
0: It does. It does. So, how do we do that?
1: Questions! <laughs> Think of questions! Be a nosy neighbor! Go ask.
0: Find out. Questions. Be a nosy neighbor. Find out because you're doing it in love. And you've already worked on finding the right questions.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, beautiful. All right. So, as a parting question... Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. <laughs> What can you do to improve upon being a good neighbor? You might already be there, or you might need to take some baby steps, but what one thing will you do to change?